0: Uh, good luck everybody. It's our second class uh, going through the the uh, pamphlet from Rav uh, Cook on Orot HaMilchama, the lights of war. Last week we discussed the general purpose of what wars are meant to accomplish. It's meant to change the world order and to bring us closer to Mashiach. We had a big discussion about the point being that the point of war is to get rid of evil things that are there. And then we had a long discussion about well, what about the collateral damage of tzaddikim and good people who die, and we talked about that as well. So we're coming up to the end of the first chapter, and here is what Rav has to say. There's a great... Deep um, vision that is included in war, and that is Mitsuraf, Lachol, Gilgulei, Hasmanim, Faharaz, Kates, Hamagula, El Ha Eretz Israel. And it's all attached to different periods of time and it's coming us to, to teach us about how the end of the galus is gonna happen and how we come to resettling the land. In other words, it, it all brings us to that eventual goal of us coming back to Eretz Yisrael. So again, as we were discussing, we're going through a commentary from Rav Shurki, and he brings the question, Nishalas Hashela, the question arises, Mazek hakates what is the end that is being revealed? And it's really a Gemara in Sanhedrin. If you want to know the signs of the gaula Says the Gemara in, San, in Sanhedrin, Lacha There's no greater revelation of the end of times. Mizesh and Emar from the Pesukah says, Titnu Tisu Ami Ki The Pesuk says that when the cities of Eretz Israel, your branches shall give, your fruit shall the land bear. For the coming is near. So what do we see from this? Hashem HaMuvhak Hamuvak, Shachaitz Hagula Korov. When the end is coming, the good best sign is Shairis Yisrael No Senes Perusel Ba'Ein where the land of Israel gives fruits in abundance. Aha. Umi Kivan Sharavkuk Chay Bitkufa Shabah Ha'Isa Tchiyah It Ba'Ares. When Ravkuk lived there was an, a, a, a rebirth, an agricultural rebirth in the land. So obviously, us at He is, went to Israel first and he sees the land is being uh, uh, agricultured and he sees it, it's farmed, growing. Farmed even. It's being farmed and yeah. now, and as he's away in yeah. World War One. He's seeing this great war that only proves everything what's going on over here. Okay, and that's when really things were happening. Uh, Petach Tikva was opened up, Rosh Pinah, all types of areas, Pardesim near Tel Aviv. So all these things were growing. So he said, this is all bringing us towards this Mashiach of what we're waiting for. Is this, is this correlated? Are you saying that every time Israel has abundance? This is what the Navi says. The, the Gemara understands the Navi to say, if you want a sign that the Gerula is coming, the land is going to be farmed and it's going to be abundant. Keep that in mind when Samuel Clemens visited the land of Israel, Mark Twain. He visited, I believe it was the 1800s. That's when he lived, right? Yeah. Yeah. He made a visit to Israel. He described it as a worst wasteland imaginable. And he said, I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. That's before any Jews started to come into the land. Yeah. So now all of a sudden the land in the mid to late, 18, uh, late 1800s, yeah. yeah. it's starting to produce. The Jews are coming. And as they say, we made the desert bloom. So that is such a great indicator that uh, Mashiach is coming. And now with the land blooming and a major world war happening, so Rav Kook is putting the two pieces together. And we see that this is going to happen. So then he continues, Bedea gedola Bigvura atzuma ubehegyan amuk with great knowledge, with great bravery, with great deep and penetrating logic bitchukas ms with a yearning for the truth ubarayan bohir and with a clear a uh, truth a true understanding treikim lakavlas hatogen hanose shel or we have to have a, a, accept the content of this light of hashem Hamiskala bepula niflo that Hashem is revealing Himself with wondrous activities with all the concepts that are behind especially what we're going on over here. There's great, Hashem is orchestrating all events. And now when He finishes off this first section, the end of the first bracha of the Kriyashma in the morning, Yotzer Choshech, Towards the end of that Baruch Hashem Yotser HaMel Oros, there are references to Hashem. And now he's quoting these words in the Siddur of describing Hashem. So these are descriptions that Hazal from the early times described Hashem as Baal Milchamos, the master of wars. What does that mean? He's the one who guides that the wars happen. And therefore, as a bali, he takes Ahriyus. He takes responsibility. Aye, it appears that it's people who decide to make the wars and it's not Hashem. So no, God's only using the tools of war in order to do good things for the creatures. So although there are people and politicians and we can say that it's all the politics of war and as we'll see in the next section, or he's already mentioned it in the introduction, since the world wants to conduct itself with wars, Hashem says, okay, but you should know it's going to happen under my direction. Now, again, you know, there's so many, if, you, if you're if you a scientist, uh, a, phila- a, a historian of wars, you'll see there's so many wars that didn't end up the way they were supposed to end. And you have all kinds of unusual circumstances that cause wars to not, End up the way you'd expect them to end up. So how does that happen? Because as much as people think they make wars, Hashem is the Baal Milchamot. You have free will choice that you want to go to war but you have no control of how it will turn out. And you find this in so many examples. You find that Napoleon, now that was also important wars with Napoleon. Because those wars were trying to bring the Renaissance. There was a great war there. And Napoleon was a very successful king, monarch, and general. Emperor. Emperor. I think, Emperor. I think they call him Emperor. And Emperor. his vision was to have the United States of Europe. Mm-hmm. That was his vision. Or else. Yes. And, and he was doing quite a great job. How could he make the boneheaded decision to attack Russia in the winter right. is beyond anybody's yeah. understanding. Like, it, he's so smart, and he's not smart enough yeah. for that. You have the same thing with Hitler, Yamach Yeah. yeah. Yamach Shimo, he really should have won World War II. Yeah. There's no reason he should not have won World War II. Yeah. He had decimated Europe with the Blitzkrieg. Nobody was preparing for war like he was. He was taking everything over like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and if he was smart, he would have left the United States alone. Okay. The United States would never have gone to battle, would never have gone to war, they were not interested. He could have conquered all of Europe. Yeah. And once all of Europe was conquered and leave the United States alone, then he could go to Russia. And he would have defeated Russia. Yeah, in the summer. Without any question, he would have defeated Russia. So how he could do the boneheaded thing of have Japan attack the United States, who was not interested, and all of a sudden that gets the United States to go into Europe as well. And now he goes against the main rule of all warfare that everybody knows. You never have have a war on two fronts. Never. He had a front in Europe. He had a front in Russia. And that was the end. So who's the Baal Melchamos? Who's the Baal Melchamos? It can only be Hashem is the Baal Melchamos. There's nobody else is the Baal Melchamos. You see what's happening in there? It's Yisrael. So, Rabbi, Miracles that are happening. Hashem earth. is the Baal Melchamos. He is the one. These wars are not going on without him. And you always, if you look at these wars, you always find something that's like doesn't make sense over here. Even Hitler, he hated the Jews so much he could have he could have had his plan could have succeeded, if he just wouldn't have spent so much time killing Jews yeah. and he would have spent more time fighting the war and then he could have killed all the Jews he wanted. But uh, so there's you see that Hashem is behind all these wars. That's what means he's a baal milchamot. He fights the wars, but not in ways we can see so easily. Yes, Stan. So I, I read read. Jews that hadn't been killed that were working in the background in German intelligence, and they waited the longest time, feeding him bad information, like bad information that was everything was good. Go through it. There was, there was like okay, was a fine, of you. but well, you know, but, but yes. how how does no. that happen? No, it just don't. don't and you always me. are able to. Usually, you could find the people that are. Trying to yeah, uh, what do you call double it? Double agents, whatever. It, they, right to mess they, things yeah. up for you. But been, so okay. Hashem so allowed so them to get away with yes. yes. yeah. it. Yes, it's throughout history. Okay, moving on. The next clause: Hashem is zoreyat tzedakos. Interesting. Hashem plants righteousness. That's a very strange verb. What does it mean, zoreyat tzedakos? You you, you plant? How do you try righteousness? So he says it's a very important idea. Shabakal Whenever you plant something, what's the rule when you plant something? zman. it takes time. You want to plant something, you're gonna to have to wait a few months till those tomatoes grow. So therefore, Hadvarim Hatovim, the good things that Hashem is planting. Right there said, Baal we're making war. Then comes and the Tzedakos. War is supposed to get rid of wicked people. It's supposed to bring us to a new good place in this world. So guess what? L'okhizman, it takes time. Derch said, Hashem is preparing the Mashiach. So again, he keeps harping on this idea. First World War was a catastrophe, but it had the bell for declaration. So you gotta be wait and be patient for something good to happen. World War II, you have to be patient for the state of Israel. So these things take time and they don't happen right away. Okay, continuing this idea. The next, is there all the next clauses in this feeling? You're gonna say it tomorrow morning. Matzmiach Yeshua's God grows salvations. Meaning, by having being the master of wars, by planting the righteousness. So what's going to be the salvation? He will establish a state for us. Okay, so now the question is, and he comes back to that same question, in between the lines. So if this is such a great thing, what about all the collateral damage of the tsaros? So what's next? He creates the healing. All the damages that happen, Hashem creates healing in his way, whatever that healing is. Nora Sihilos, his praises are awesome. Umito and when you put together all the pieces of what we've had up to, it makes Hashem very worthy of praises. Oop, I didn't want to do that. This thing is very uh, particular. Uh Got a little footnote over here. Uh, yeah, and the halacha is, you got to say halel after Hashem does amazing things for you. And therefore it's no rasihilos. You have to say hallel. Adonaniflaos, the master of uh, wondrous things. Since Hashem is worthy to praise him, we understand he's doing all kinds of concealed things. That things may appear to be bad, but then afterwards comes out I don't have any flows, wondrous things that are concealed. A lot of good things happened, as as we're seeing in in this war. That I don't have to really, you know. There's so much uh, social media on this. You know, used to be a rabbi tells you something you didn't hear about. Now everybody's telling the rabbis all the amazing things that's going on over here. Incredible. Uh, you move it over a little bit. What? what? You move the screen over a little bit. Yeah. Yes, incredible Thank things you. are happening. Um, was happening with the uh, three tanks. The famous story that's going around with the three tanks that uh, one of these three Israeli tanks each had 12 soldiers in it and one tank Eppes wasn't able, its wheels weren't able to turn properly and one thing you don't do if you're a tank, you don't sit in one place. So the 12 of them just get out of the tank. They have no choice. They can't sit in the tank. what What bad luck. The tank is stalled, they get out of the tank. The tank behind them says they're getting out of the tank, there must be a problem. So they get out of the tank. And the tank behind them sees them and they get out of the tank. And all 36 guys are walking away from the tank and as soon as they're all away from the tank, bling, a racket smashes and all three tanks are destroyed. All three tanks are destroyed. And one of the people calls one of the rabbis and says, you tell your boys to keep davening. Because And they're understanding this, right? So it's, Hashem is doing awesome things. It. And these little stories that, you know, I don't think Ma'ariv and, uh, and Yediot Akronot still want to publish these stories. I wonder if you'll see it in those newspapers. They, I have it. But, we are there, are there but not way, in Ma'ariv. No, know, this whatever whatever <laughs> but the second one' want to hear this but if you want if you want to see a do there's there's Niflaos to be seen over here unbelievable things and you know even uh, uh things that appear to be very bad both one of one of the greatest uh you know it's interesting when uh yako Yitzchak sees, uh, thinks Esau's in front of him. We mentioned it on Monday night, and he sees the future. He says, Don't read as bigodov, but bogdim. He sees the future rebels of the Jewish people, people who would rebel against. And he sees this, he smells it out, and then he blesses who he thinks is Esau. And the question is, why is that a reason to bless Esau? So he mentioned the whole medrash, that these were people who became went off the derich in a great way, and they came back. And one of them we explained was uh, Yose Meshisa. Remember we said that he went off the derich, and as the Romans destroyed the temple, and they wanted someone to go in,
1: he went uh, and
0: took the menorah. Right. And they said, you can have whatever you want. He comes out with the menorah, and they say, that's a little bit too much for you. That goes to a king. You can go in a second time. Says, so He says, no, I don't want to go a second time. He says, what do you mean? You have to go a second time. He says, I'm not going to go a second time. If you don't go a second time, we're going to punish you. I don't care. He says, why? He says, I've already upset my God once. I don't want to upset him again. And they tortured him to death. And that's the vision that Yesuk saw. So the question is like this. What got this Yosef Michi saw to change his mind? So one of the uh, Bali say the following. They say, one of the ways Hashem can work is to make your world turn upside down. This Yosef Meshisa was was a heretic. To such an extent he's joining the Romans to take part of, you know, stealing things from the of Bindish. That's a tremendous chutzpah. They said to him, You could have whatever you want. Now we know you go to uh, uh, these galleries that have these artifacts, they're worth millions. And he figures, wow, I can take whatever I want. At that point, he has visions, it all paid off. Hmm. My secular lifestyle paid off because look, I'm with the Romans, I'm buddies with the Romans. I'm not one of the Kohanim who's getting slaughtered and butchered in there. I'm right next to big generals. And now they're mechabed me hmm. to take whatever I want. I'm gonna be a millionaire. He takes out the menorah. He could just see he's gonna be the biggest millionaire in the world. And they said, no, no, you have too much. Right. And in one second, his whole idea yeah. of being not religious and to succeed, and he was that close to having great yeah. success. And then they put him in his place. It's exactly the same. That was a total reversal. Yeah. A total reverse. <laughs> and when a person has a total reversal, it's a shock to the system. Yeah. And when the shock to the system comes, the person's able to see things clearly. And was able to do too. Just, now, clearly, yeah. one of the there's many many issues in Eretz Yisrael. Many issues in Eretz Yisrael. But one of the issues was. And unfortunately, because of the liberal media in Israel, remember that people only know what the media tells them. And the media tells them that religious Jews are terrible. And there is no God. That's all there is. And if you want to be, now of course, you have to be a decent person. So you have to be a, human, a humanist. We have to want peace. And all these lefties, Wanted to make peace with the Arabs. They're willing to give away land, make peace with them, and not only that, but a lot of them were friends with the Arabs. Yeah, a lot of them, especially especially the ones who lived in those farms yeah. near uh, Gaza. Yeah, and there's so many chassadim they did with all their Arab friends. Yeah, they would help them out whenever they could, and now those very people who were willing to compromise everything what Yiddishkeit stands for. And again, through no fault of their own, because they're fed this by the media, yeah. the, the, well, the, media. the secular state does not teach them Torah. So what do you expect? So they figure, and and there's a, a big group <laughs> on the left who say, if we only would be friends with the Arabs, this would stop yeah. everything. So now you can imagine what kind of uh, reversal yeah. that, you know, it, unfortunately, almost all the people who got massacred yeah. were secular leftists. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. yes. And, and, and again, yeah. what, where, yeah, who, who's at a rave on Sim Torah? Right. The settlements. The, those were mostly. Even in the homes. On, yeah. in, in, uh, we haven't had the final numbers. But that's what what everyone's saying that the places that kept Shabbat the places that kept Shabbat did not get attacked. Did not get attacked. Right? Or the ones who kept Shabbat, they, they did not get attacked. So like what what are they seeing? And then they're interviewing now the survivors. And these people who are real leftists said said, said now they're now they're being interviewed. They said, now I have no mercy on them. They are a malik, yeah. And now we have to destroy them and kill them all. What happened to your sympathies? <laughs> Guess what? When the understand. shoe's on the other foot? So what What do you see? This is the Adon Hanifla'ot. You see, this is the Baumilchamot. Milchamot. a Hashem. Matsmiach Yeshuot. Salvation's come. Borei Refuot. There's a lot of Refuot. There's a Refua of the... Of the body and the full of the brain. And a lot of people, their brains are damaged. And Hashem and Tihilos, Adonani Flaos, that this is the way it has to happen. It first can only happen when there's no machloket within Klayusrol. And what's been one of the key machlos? How to deal with the Arabs. Yeah. Now, what are you gonna say? We should have mercy on them? Yeah. And now it's it's coming out in the worst way. And when your whole life gets turned upside down, and they slaughter your own family, all of a sudden it's not theory anymore. Liberals are liberals in theory, not in reality. So that's what you're seeing. Hashem is doing, and who's helping them all out? Everybody, and a lot of those soldiers, are Haredi soldiers. So you see, now this is it's 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 only Hashem could create these. Things. Yes, Esther. There was one uh, survivor that they came to him, uh, the lefty, to to help because they're the good guys now. They're the white angel, they come to Be'eri to help, and they're making a movie, how good they are. He told them, the survivor, because of you all this happened. Get the hell out of my house, I'm not giving you. No interview. I saw it, you know. I, saw, I watched wow. the TV. He said, because of you, all this happened to us. Get out from here. Called I'm called I don't want to look business. at you. I love that's this. That's the greatest wow. way to get rid of How cognitive dissonance is by having people murder you. I, was so, <laughs> I start <laughs> reading the game again. Right. Okay, it's so, my so my you course. see this that's is good. all happening over here. You know what also reminds me of Rabbi is uh, the secular okay. Jews in Germany before the war. The cult Berlin the new... Uh, yes, Jewish and it's same thing, but there... Unfortunately, Hashem uh, had another agenda and there had to be complete eradication. But they were the most disappointed. The that's Polish right, that's expected right, it. that's right. And he ends, well, the plus again, it says, He renews his goodness every day. Every day. By what? By destroying the world and rebuilding the world. And we end the brach with, A new light on Zion will shine. We'll all merit quickly. It's like when, when? It's after all of this. Baal all these things. Then will come the the new light. What does a light mean? We said light is perception. It's not a light's going to shine from the heavens and blind everybody's eyes. It's a light of perception. <laughs> What's and how's it gonna happen through the wars? We will all have that vision. It's not just a physical light of the sun and the moon. It's a spiritual light of comprehension, and that's the wars. The first step is ba that's how it starts. So Hashem, we have to look at these wars are directed by Hashem step by step. So to the coast to plant righteousness, to bring salvation, to heal, to have amazing things, to praise Hashem, and then the light will shine. Okay, that ends chapter one. So Rabbi, how do we understand all the, the innocents who die? And so we, we talked about, about, about that yesterday, last week. You hear here last week? I missed the last 10 minutes. I don't know whether... That's you know exactly know what we talked about. Okay, I'll listen to the recording. Yeah, listen to the recording. That's what we talked yeah. about. This, this week, my wife's not picking me up. I've got my own program. Okay, good. So that we talked about, you'll hear that. It's on our podcast. Okay. Okay, now we move on to the second chapter. Ono mistaklim bidorah sarishonim. Now let's take a look at the earlier generations. Hamesuparim b'Torah b'nevim We're learning the Tanakh. What do we learn from the Tanakh? Those generations were busy with war. Let's think about this. We, okay, you get a little bit in in Sefer Breshis. We have the World War I, World War II with the four kings, the five kings. Avram becomes a general in battle. That's a war. In Sefer Shmos with Amalek, we have a war with Amalek. Then we jump to Sefer Bamidbar. At the end, various wars with um, Sihon and Og and all the Melech certain conquests that were on Aver HaYardin. And then when you get into Sefer Yoshua, whoa whoa, 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 there's wars all <coughs> over the place, conquering the land of Israel. And it seems as you learn Tanakh in Shoftim, there's always a war going on. The Jews don't listen to Hashem, an enemy comes, makes trouble for them, there's a war. And then it's just Shoftim is full of wars, one after the other. Now let's go to Shmuel Aleph. Shmuel Aleph, we have Shaul, and what's his job? To destroy Amalek. And then what is David busy doing all the time? Having wars, destroying all the enemies, right? And the same thing in Shmuel there's There's wars all over the place. So what is this? What is this Judaism? Hmm. Everything we're learning about is wars. Yeah. What a warlike people! Hmm. It almost <laughs> Shalom, sounds like the Muslims. Okay, so he wants to explain this. This is not just a minor thing. Like when you when you when you have kids in, uh, who are learning Tanakh properly. That's like sure wars like normal. That's exactly what goes yeah. on. It was they killed so many over here. They killed over here. They they got yeah, killed. Say, this got killed. I mean, so he desensitizes people all this talk about war. But but so is it, is oh, so now the question is, yeah, very good. People say you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be kids shouldn't be looking at wars. But Adarab, if the Torah says this is part of what should be taught, and these children are not old children when they're learning this. Right. When they were learning uh, Seber Yeshua, I was teaching this in grade three to nine-year-olds. Nine, 10, 11, 12. So what's going on? Yeah. So he wants to explain this idea clearly. Otam shayu asukim These people were engaged in war. Ve heim heim we treat these people with a tremendous amount of friendship and great holiness. We look at these as great holy people who were warriors. So the commentary is saying the question is we're learning Tanakh and according to everybody, war is a negative thing. And there's wars without end. How does this make sense? Now, let's think about this. We're always told the earlier generations are greater than us. Yes. They are greater than us, and all they can do is fight wars. So how do we look at that? Okay, so this is, let me just want to make sure I get the right one first. So I'm using my uh, side commentaries over here. So if, if, now when you think about it, in general, war is a bad thing. So, how could there be something called a Melchemes Mitzvah? We are talk about Shalom. We talk about Melchemes Mitzvah, a, a Mitzvah battle. A mitzvah yeah. for war? Or yes. It just Amalek, I can think of Canaan. No, conquering the Canaanites is a Melchemes no. Mitzvah. Yeah. Cleaning out the land of Israel was a Melchemes Mitzvah. Yeah. Destroying yeah. Amalek yeah. is a Melchemes yeah. yeah. Mitzvah. When you're attacked and you fight back, it's a Melchemes yeah. Mitzvah. So, how do we understand? this over here. How does this make sense? This is all part of our Jewish consciousness. So he says, beautiful, he says, in a world where everybody is having wars, it's impossible to live in a world without fighting wars yourself. Right, Right? you understand? (laughs) If the world, the the non-Jewish world decided that history is decided by wars, Can Jews be outside of that history? No. We cannot be out of that history. Or just like mankind decided he has to work for a living. Can Jews be outside of working for a living? No. So you can't not fight. Mm -hmm. And even though killing is a bad thing, because, but how can it be that bad if a bezdin is allowed to kill a murderer? Isn't Besdin doing a bad thing? No, you see what was just announced on Friday. There was this uh, this guy who mowed down a whole family of Muslims yeah. two years ago. In London, yeah. Ontario. Yeah. And they finally came up with the final verdict. And the final yeah. verdict is guilty. Yeah. Now, he killed four people, yeah. injured another, has damaged his family forever. Right. What's the maximum punishment he's going to get? Life in 20 years. 25 years. That's it. It's called life, but after 25 years, you can get parole. Right, you get parole early. And they give you parole. 25, well, or even yes, earlier. Yeah. 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 Canada. Canada! Oh, Canada! Yeah. Okay? Now, why do they say that? <laughs> you can ask, I don't, know. I don't have a good answer. They're saying, what do you mean? Just because he's a murderer, we have to be barbarians? Is this stuyot? Yes, it's stuyot. Mm-hmm. Right? Because now a guy knows... If I get caught, the worst happens. I have free food for 25 years. I don't have to worry about getting a job. right? no problem. Right? But not, it doesn't, nowadays it gets better and better for them. In the states. Well, whatever. But uh, so now when a person does a sin, we have no choice. If someone's a murderer, evil has to be eradicated. So if you live in a world where we can't live without war, I mean, Israel is happy not to have wars. Just leave us alone and let us do what we want to do. And they don't want to leave them alone. So in a world where it runs by war, don't think you can live outside of this. You just can't. Okay? And therefore, we have, and now you look at all these examples in the Torah. The Torah, these Jews, the Jews just wanted to go to Eretz Israel. The Jews come out of Egypt. All they want is to get the Torah inside me That's all they want. Comes to the Like they start up with a war with them. So what are the Jews supposed to do? Okay, kill us. They have to defend themselves. They don't have a choice. Jews want to go into Eretz Yisrael. And they say, listen, guys, you can't behave like a heathen anymore. Now, if you want to be a good person, be a good person. Just change your ways. If not, they have to go to battle. So there isn't much of a choice that's being given over here. Okay? So, uh, so therefore, even though we feel that we are lower levels than them, but at the end of the day, how can uh, how can we resolve this? So let's look at some examples over here. And let's even do it. You have to understand, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was a Baal Chesed beyond. Beyond. Yet, when he had to save Lot, he became a very fearful, fierce fighter. Yeah. yeah. So how do you understand this? And they have to remember, in those days, it's not like wars today. In those days, it was real hand-to-hand combat. Okay? So Avram, he's such a man of chesed, but you have to say, so how could he fight war? The answer is, because he was a Bal Chesed, he had to go to war. If you really are a Baal Chesed, then you don't let people do things to hurt others. Now, but I can't do it. I'm a pacifist. You're not a pacifist. You're a, a, a whatever you want to call it, a scaredy cat, whatever. You're not, you're, you don't have courage. Avram said, this is the greatest chesed I could do is by killing these people. Mm-hmm. Yitzchok had to fight with the, the police team, at least regarding his, uh, his wells. You're dormant. And, and, and Yaakov when Shimon and Levi went and destroyed <coughs> the city of Shechem, why did they do that? They said, Nasas are going to let them turn our daughter into a harlot? And the Yaakov's only criticism wasn't that he killed out the city, but that he tricked them. But he really wasn't critical of them. Yaakov, we'll see in two weeks, has to prepare to fight Esau. So what's going on over here? And this goes through our history. Bar Kohva, the Hashmonaim. Now, many of them may not have been real tzaddikim, but you know what they had? They had the light of Jewish pride. Not all Jewish leaders were tzaddikim. Bar was no tzaddik by no stretch of But still, Rabbi Kiva felt he might have been the Mashiach. Why? Because he had a he had a pride that he was a Jew. He was an Evid Hashem, and he cared about other Jews. And he was willing to die. And he's willing him. to die for them, right? and of course the world does not like jews who fight back and this is where you find all the crew over here we just want peace and all saying stop the fighting stop the fighting!" you shoot him it doesn't stop the fighting right that the u.n doesn't know anything about rachmanus right we don't have to go i don't have to preach to the converted over here but you have to realize that war is in our blood, but it's in our blood from a very special place. <coughs> and that's what he now explains with this next okay. idea. We <laughs> understand. What's the source of our desire to fight? It's the holy spark that's found in the depths of our soul. And it manifests itself in all kinds of ways, in political ways, in military. There are all kinds of worlds out there. There's a political world. There's a military world. There's a business world. There's all kinds of worlds. And the world lives with these worlds. There's something called geopolitics. We can't live without it. There is a UN. We don't have a choice about it. There are countries who are powerful countries. There are powerful generals. So we can't avoid that. You don't find anywhere in history the Jews avoid this to go to a mountain in Tibet and just philosophize no, about What this. happened to in Tibet? I'm just saying that they really are putting this and what's the core of all these? These great battles. These people were fighting them for Hashem. It wasn't just to, to get power over here. Okay? Let's have the, the great example. David and Goliath. Goliath, what does he do? For 40 days, he curses out the God of the Jews. He makes fun of the Jews. Now, and what happens? All the Jews are afraid to fight. Comes along David Melech, who is not someone who's incredibly naturally strong. And look what he says. He says, Anochi ba'elecha. I come to you b'shem Hashem Svakos. I come in the name of God. Elokei hamarachot Yisrael, the God of the battle uh, lines of the Jews. Asher cheiravta, which you cursed out. And now he he puts God into the war. And that is the difference. That when a Jew fights, it's not for the fatherland, for the motherland. For, for for German pride, it? it's it's, and not, we don't even want to say, I don't like to use the word Jewish pride. I don't like to use that word. It sounds so goyish. When you hear people saying, I have a lot of Jewish pride, it, 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 it's very iffy, what they're saying. Because how is it different than Polish pride? It's Polish not, it's just a, I'm proud Polish to be a Jew. I'm, it's God's pride. I'm an ambassador of Hashem. And therefore, there's always a moral issue. And the end of that is only to reveal Hashem in the world. That's why these battles are fought. So, what's happening is if the world decides to conduct itself in a certain way, Hashem isn't going to say, well, Hashem's going to do miracles and then enemies will just vanish. Hashem could do what he wants. No, he keeps telling Jews you gotta go out to battle. Why do you have to go out to battle? Is because I want you to put light, spirituality into war. As we'll show in a minute, there is a Jewish way to fight wars. And there's a way you bring out God in the wars. And that's why we're saying there is this idea of the deeper motive of war. Why are we fighting the wars? To bring out God, even in the most disgusting place, the least godly place. And that's why you have this idea, there are no atheists in a foxhole. Okay, that God is really there. And that's what you're seeing, Baruch Hashem, with so many of our beautiful uh, Jewish soldiers, that they keep saying, Shema Yisrael, all these things as they're going to battle. Yeah, question is that before. the same excuse the Muslims use, though? I'm fighting for God and the Allah is their last okay so the difference, the difference of that is they're the corruption of it they're the corruption of it and how do you see it you see if they really have a god you see what does the israeli soldier do what does the palestinian soldier do do israeli soldiers rape the the the, the palestinian women that they de- defeat yeah, how could that be do they done? cut their heads off do they burn their bodies off they act, and that's why you can see that the Muslims is, the, is a counterfeit. Yeah, They're a counterfeit. We're doing Allah Akbar. We're doing it for God. So I want to say, your God says you should cut off people's heads. Your God says you should rape people. What a falsification of your God. Yeah. But that gives them, then they have a license to do whatever they want. Okay. And the Rambam talks a lot about this. You'll notice on the side, it's a long Rambam over here. But uh, the main thing he's saying is that, of course, we take spoils in battle and all these things, but he keeps on saying, he says, I got it right over here. Ay, 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 it doesn't let me do these things. Uh, Where did it go? I lost it. Let's see if I can get it this time. Right there. Okay, that's what it is. <coughs> R- R- Rambam writes, but all these things. Oh, there it is. It has to be all for the sake of God. And I- keep reading. The goal of the wars is to raise up the true religion and to fill up the world with righteousness and to break the power of the wicked people and to fight wars of God. Because we only start making kings in Israel, when we started with Saul and David, was why? To make justice in the world, okay? Even though there's all kinds of cruelty in the world, but it's meant to bring justice into the world, okay? And that's that's the concept that he's telling us over here. Okay, now let's, uh, let's continue. So here is an idea that this is central to our Yiddishkeit: is that we have, war is meant for us to elevate. Okay. So, so now, the small thing is, we live in a world of war. So if Jews are going to have to engage in war, then it's going to have to be done in a way that elevates God in the picture. Exactly. That's, this is the exactly. Idea. That's that's all there is to it. It's not like it's a good. It's a it's a great thing, but. It's not about you yeah. just being more powerful and this. it's everything in our life it's to bring Hashem out in the reality. And if, if people were, were, were reporting the MS, they would see this. Now they would fair and balanced reporting would say that when when the Israelis give this what do they call humanitarian ceasefire, they'd show you how Hamas is shooting at the Palestinians to not leave northern Gaza they would show you that they would show you that israeli soldiers are bringing incubators from israel into the hospital where the the ammunitions were being stored yeah they would show that but what do they do it's they made it up <laughs> okay yeah. so they're doing whatever they can to show this and whatever but you could see how terrible is the wickedness here it's incredible what's going on why, over here. Why isn't Israel going after the source? And I say this CNN, ABC, a, NBC. The to, messengers what do you want to what what do? Are, blow it up? What the messengers are. That's, that's f- what the Muslims did in France. Okay. They blew up Charlie Hinto. Okay, no, okay, they what, took what, over the what, country. What, what are you expecting them to do exactly? Because What, do you, what do you want them to do exactly? A reporter it was, is terrified when his, his family's on the line okay, and he won't fine. speak, though. That's how you do it. That's how the Mossad used to do it okay, in the old fine, days. fine. Okay, listen. Fine, I can't, it's You're not right. my job to get into the <laughs> internal politics. My job is to understand what God's. What well, God's point is over here and why people are or aren't doing certain things, that's all Hashem putting it in their minds. The battle's in the head. The battle's in the medium. It's not uh, on the ground. Okay. So okay. The battle, we have to fight the battle where Hashem wants us to fight the battles. You can, you, the, the truth always comes out at the end. At the end, the truth comes out. And at the end, the wicked people will never accept the truth. At the end. Look, again, we have a history of this. Uh, is is the revelation at Sinai a fact or not? Fact. Most of the world says it's not. The Jews go out of Egypt. Fact or fiction? Fact. world says it's fiction. Okay, so wh- what do you want? We can only do what what's what's Emmas Even Jews say it's fiction. Right? We only can do what's Emmas We can't run the world, but we can do what we have to do. And what do we do? We have to fight. And with all that hatred to the Jews, let, let's try to understand with, with all the deck, deck being stacked against us, how do we have such a productive state? And and that's with every trying their hardest to knock us out. Yeah. Believe me, it's, yeah. what, it's miracles. <laughs> yeah. It's all there is okay. to it. We have to do what we have to do. We can't resort to their low levels and just say, oh, we won the war, we're now gonna go into Syria, rape all the women, Burn all the places and all that. It's like how the rabbi spoke about Tuesday's Tuesday march versus the Palestinians. That's right. That's right. The, the, the D.C. march versus the Palestinians. You see the difference. Yeah, that's what we so have So he to says, say. "Oh, so, Ha Olam, the state of the world, us, which ran its course then. It was such a necessary part of living. It's always worse, there's every time, especially in the Middle Ages, it's terrible. <inaudible> causes these great souls to appear. <inaudible> there was always that inner great perfection that was there and the war is the venue that allowed the greatness to come out. Now we look at our Jewish heroes, who were great warriors. They had it inside of them, but the war was the vehicle to bring it out. Okay, and therefore, and here's a beautiful idea that uh, Rav Ashurki says: gam kadosh ve'gam Rich the gedolah." In other words, some people can be holy people, but they can't be fighters. Some people can be fighters, but they can't be holy people. For someone to be a holy person and a fighter? Whoa. That is neshama gedolah. Why? He calls it neshama shehi achtutit. A unified person. He sees there's no conflict in saying Tehillim, saying Shema Yisroh, and taking your knife and sticking right into the gut of a russia that is a person who's a wholesome person there's a lot of very holy people I, I just can't do it what do you mean you can't do it if you can't kill evil what kind of holy person are you but then you have people who kill and they swear and they do all kinds of other things and says, you know, you know, they're, they're, you have like this. You have, for example, you have people who are cut out to be uh, uh, university professors, who have minds and can really explain ideas. And you have guys who are cut out to work for the vice squad, right? They both are doing important things. Can you have one guy be a university professor and working on the vice squad? <laughs> Not. But we have all all our great leaders were spiritual tzaddikim or at least decent people. And yet, they could kill in the most powerful way. Unbelievable. Without any mercy. Did kill them? So what's going on over here? That is a unified soul. Because you don't see any conflict between one and the other. And Hashem brings beautiful souls that were ready to emerge on the world and they can only emerge when they're needed over here. When the world needs these beautiful souls, that's when Asha brings them into the world. So let's see what we have over here. I know there's some good stuff over here. Uh, oh, so he tells the story. There's a whole thing. He, he, he says He says, great souls appear when you need them. A contemporary example, the Israelis will know. There's a famous story of Tzvika from the Tzvika Force. You know who this is? Yeah, you, I don't have to tell you guys. Nobody else here knows what I'm talking about. It happened before many of us were born. It was a Tzvika Force. this is on the Yom Kippur War. Yom Kippur War. The Syrian army comes across, and it's like like one tank, one tank. What this guy did to tie them up for days. I, I did the YouTube site uh, that uh, goes through it, like what he did. You should, uh, if you wanna, you know, it's mostly Shabbos. People like to watch videos. I can't, I can't say you should watch a video, but if you are gonna watch a video, <laughs> you just Google up from the Speaker Force. They got all kinds. They got a little animated one. Another you don't, you don't want blood and guts and stuff like that. But what he was able to do it's like unbelievable what he could do what one guy was able to do okay and and more than that but we are an am kodesh the nation of israel is special among other things it's ability to unite the holy and the war in the nations of the world the situation is different they at least in the middle ages used the sacred to justify the war the whole crusades they had an excuse. They're mamish barbarians. Yeah. They need an excuse. Okay, uh, the, the Jesus says, if you kill uh, the Muslims, you'll go to heaven. So now, now you can be a, a a barbarian, and let's practice while we go through the Rhineland and destroy Jews. Yeah, but it's all for the sake of God. The Rumba had his famous debate in Barcelona. When the King Argon invited the Rambam for a debate against Pablo Christianity, the priest brought him, among other things, evidence from the Talmud that the Mashiach had already arrived. Jesus is God and all kinds of evidence. So the Rambam said, I said, what do you do about that? He says, listen, we don't believe in this. Why don't you believe? He said, I read in the prophets that when the time of Messiah comes, then a the nation will not lift a sword against the nation, and they will no longer learn war. <laughs> so it's got to be peace. Has there been any peace? And I saw, says the Rabbim, that since crusade broke out in the world, more blood has been shed than before. And no more. How hard will it be for you, my Lord, the King, for you and your knights, if you learn to know more war? What if you guys don't know any war? You think you'll survive? You have a standing army. So in fact, you are denying Jesus. (laughs) The priest said that Rambam was insolent and stopped the discussion that day. And then the king revealed to him that there was a fear that he would be killed and so he immigrated to Eretz (laughs) Israel. Rav Kook means exactly what the Rambam said in the debate. Gentile society was built on wars unlike the people of Israel. Israel. And now Rev. Shirky tells a personal story. He says, I was once in Beis Lechem. You he no, he's a very fine Jew, and unfortunately he had one son who got killed in a terrorist attack. So he knows from what he speaks about. And he was once in Beis Lechem, and we were traveling in a jeep. And there were some very nice soldiers, but they kept saying that it was wrong that we were here, that we were an occupying nation and all. You know, like they were saying, the lefties, Like, what are, you know? and they knew I thought in the polar opposite way. He's trying to be friendly with these guys. At some point, we stopped to rest at an orchard. Someone listened to a walkie-talkie so we wouldn't be caught, and we make a cup of coffee, and the guys start picking almonds from a tree, from a, somebody's tree. And they ask me, Sharky, aren't you eating? I answer them, it's robbery. They told me yes, but this is war. (laughs) Namely, if a person has a Torah, the conquest not only does not corrupt him, but it tests his morality. But if a person lacks Torah values, then it's difficult for him to know when he should be a man (laughs) or he should be a soldier. The world has this idea. All is fair in love and war. Now... It's true to a certain extent, but not true to another extent. <laughs> what it should mean is all is fair. In love, if you really love someone, you're willing to sacrifice everyone for a person you love. In war, you're willing to sacrifice your life. Right? You're willing to murder, even though that's repulsive to you. But these guys said, if we're going to war, we don't have to be a mensch. And this is what was a given. Was a given. Where they, you know, they... Uh, Unfortunately, you know, when, uh, when American soldiers would uh, be victorious in certain areas, they went to France and liberated France. So what did the generals do after it was liberated? Okay, guys, go to the town, have a good time. Go have a good time. And good time means a really good time. And you yeah. can be sure those French women were very appreciative that the Germans were kicked out and they rewarded them great. We'll just leave it at that. Meanwhile, these guys got wives at home but war is war. What do you think? I've, ter- I've re- been reduced to an animal, so I'm entitled to live like an animal a little bit. Mm. In Yiddishkeit, it's not that way. Right? And uh, so that was a a, a big idea that he, he's bringing out over here. That, uh, okay, so let's move on. Okay, we've got a, a, one more paragraph, and then we'll finish it off for tonight. Last paragraph. Milhamas Kiyumam, the war of their existence. Kiyum Ha'uma, the existence of the nation. Milhamas Hashem, the war of Hashem. Hoysah Bahakara Panemius was always an internal recognition. Azizim, uh, be, what I think is it's a spe- uh, spelling typo over here. Maybe. Bain, Bain, Bain. Berucham. Okay, there was a certain creative vitality in their souls. They knew in the depths of darkness to choose the good and stay away from the evil. As David Amalek says, Even when I go into the valley of the shadow of darkness, nothing bad will happen to me. Why? I'm not afraid that anything more bad will happen. You have a typo in the left English photographer valley of photography that's a big <laughs> typo okay good all right anyway yes so he says Actually, yeah, yeah. when we look at them so we're all in a spiritual way that we're all longing for 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 this longing of strength, being solid and firm and a solid force, this is what we learn from the Tarach. When we talk Chuchazu, and from this yearning, Haruchani our spiritual power gets stronger. We get courage, furoseno mitade and the strength of our valor is refined. Okay, that uh, what what makes a Jewish soldier courageous is the inner spirituality that he has. And those strong souls return to live with us forever. So if you know what you're fighting for, you get the courage and you fight heroically. And that's what the secular people in the army at least, they know that the religious ones are the most heroic ones. They really understand what they're fighting for. And that's what the whole purpose of the wars are for, coming back to the deeper motive for war. It's to bring out what the perfect human being is. You have to look at it, in this, and it's happening more and more. This was not the Israeli army of 50 years ago. The Israeli army that the state envisioned was a melting pot of secularism. The main goal, because... They, they didn't need that many people in the army. But if everyone's in the army, they'll be acculturated to kvira. They'll be acculturated to living a Western style. It was more they wanted people, the secular government now, I'm talking about the secular government, the, the haters of Torah and Yiddishkeit. They wanted this to be the means to to make people not religious. And what do you, you have to have women in the war too? You need. And that's why the Haredim fought tooth and nail. The Chazarish was unrelenting. No way Jewish girls are going to the army. Jewish men also, if they want, but you can't force them. And Jewish girls, no, Beshum often not. Cannot go. Because it was more of, of acculturating them yeah. to a secular lifestyle. Which was totally the opposite of what Rav Cook is talking about. Yeah. Remember, in Rav Cook's time, there was no army. Okay. Rav Kook's vision of an army is what you see in the, uh, what do you call it, the chardal that you have over there. You, you have the, the Dati, dati who are they, they go, they learn in yeshiva, they take a break from yeshiva, they go a half a year in the army, then they go back to yeshiva for a year, then another, they, they spend all their, <coughs> they put their three years in, but it's filled with Torah and mitzvahs and, and tefillah and this and that. And it's a miracle that we were able to push that on to the secular... Do um, they do well? Do, do the, do they the religious... They're the best soldiers. They're mamish the best soldiers, the most heroic. Because they know they're fighting for Hashem. That's what they're taught in their yeshivas. They're taught about Hashem. They're taught about Torah. They're taught about F, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael is a really proper hashkafah. And you're saying going to war is, is like David HaMelech. And of course you have nothing to do with the women. You're not there for the women. And that's why they got all these, these the, so much Torah, all these things in the bases now. It's incredible how much you, you have. It's unbelievable. It's and this was, now, this was wonderful. The army now is different than it was before. That's, well, why? Because push. you had these tzaddikim who said, we, we gotta do. push okay. in there, we gotta get in there, we gotta so start see, that taking was... it over and slowly, slowly, that is one of gonna be one of the uh, prerequisites before the Mashiach. You have to have an army of people like this. And when they take over the army, so this will take time, Yeah, this will take changing. time. But this war is supposed to bring us closer to that. Okay, that ends chapter two, 730. Now you have the rest of the Shabbos, you know you at least for two hours did not look at any media. <laughs> Your soul was saved for two hours. Right. Lamish, your Shubhamish felt like Shabbos for two Very hours. nice. Okay, excellent